Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 26 of Design Details. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. Today we're talking to Sebastian DeWitt. You know him from the Pictogram Agency and his Pokemon branding stuff and Ride North, which was on the top of Reddit for a couple days in a row, which was insane and it was all over the news. He's an amazing designer. If you're enjoying the show so far, if you've been listening with us, follow us on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. We'd love to hear your feedback, thoughts. You can just chat with us, ask questions. Shoot us a DM. Shoot us a open DM. DMs. We will we will reply. We are all about that. So. You will message us directly with your direct messages. That's Design Details FM on Twitter. Of course, thank you so much to IconFinder.com for making this episode of Design Details possible. You've heard the reads. You know this by now. IconFinder is the best resource for designers and developers to find icons on the web. You can search for any term you need, any kind of project you might be working on, whether it's an iPhone app, a web app, Apple Watch app, anything you might need an icon for, IconFinder.com is going to have that for you. Uh, You can check them out. They have this amazing service called IconFinder Pro. It's a monthly subscription. It starts, it's super cheap. It's $9 a month to start. And you can save 50% off your first month if you use the promo code ROBOT. That tells them that we sent you. Uh, They're supporting design details. We want to support them back. So check them out. Use the promo code ROBOT for any icons uh, you ever need on your design projects. So thank you so much to IconFinder.com for supporting design details and making this episode possible. Our second sponsor this week, Layers Conference. Super awesome. It's being put on by Jesse Char, Elaine Powell, and our friends at Adobe Photoshop. They're putting this thing on during WWDC. It's a design conference. I don't know if you've heard about it. Bringyourlayers.com. It's really cool thing. So it's, it's getting designers, developers in the Mac and iOS community involved in the whole WWDC hubbub. It's uh, June 8th through 10th here in San Francisco. It's a three-day conference during WWDC to talk about design, celebrate the industry, and eat snacks. That's at bringyourlayers.com. They describe it as a like a party, but for learning. <laughs> That's the awesome. Incredible, incredible lineup. Susan Kerr, Serenity Caldwell, Chris Clark, Eric Devins, Todd Deemer, Maj- Maya Henderson. I think it's Maya. Sarush Kanlu, May Lee Ko. Gabe Levine, Adam Lysagor, Lonely Sandwich himself, Merlin Mann, Mike Montero, Krista Mergen, Nevin Mergen, Jamie Newberry, Ashley Nelson Hornstein, Oisin Prendeville, Laura Savino, Will Shipley, Scott Simpson, Sharuz Tavakoli. It's a hell of a lineup. That is, it a is absolutely lineup. insane. So if you're in San Francisco during WDC, check out bringyourlayers.com, sign up, go to the website, go to the conference, buy a ticket. If you use the code design details at checkout, you'll save fifty dollars off your ticket. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Those are some serious bucks. It's, it's some bucks. That's some bucks. Thank you so much to Layers Conference. And with that, let's get into episode twenty-six with Sebastian DeWith. So we always start the show with what are you working on right now? Mm-hmm. Which it sounds like you can't necessarily answer. Oh, because what I, are I you say, like about? my main thing, like what I'm working on today? Sure. Is, yeah. Yeah. Today I've been working on a website for. Uh, a company called Nihilus, which I've been working for for a while now. They're like my biggest contract right now. They're making a really kick-ass email client. So okay. I've been designing an email client for them and making a website for it, which has been really, Weren't really they fun. inboxed at one point? They were inboxed at some point. Yeah. It's founded by Michael Greenwich, who used to work at Dropbox and Nest. Super cool guy and uh, work a bunch with them on the side with several other clients have been working on other things. So I've been making a logo for a large stock agency as well recently which has been really fun nice. lots of 
corporate politics and wrestling with big terms like synergy and <laughs> this meaning of a color and conveying all these emotions through very basic shapes it's very interesting Do they let you draw pokemon though uh actually i got some very legitimate business out of those pokemon things the worst part is though you get these clients who come to you and you send these logo proposals to you know really quite corporate clients and they're like man this is this is nice could we make it a bit more like um like i, I don't know how to say this but can we make it a bit more like zubat like i like zubat <laughs> the beedrill one really spoke to me man <laughs> the values of the zubat one align with our brand really well so tell the story of that because that blew up. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah. what happened? So I started my own new, new little design company, Pictogram, uh, you know, this year. And as I sort of kick off thing, I had some spare time and I decided to just design some logos for Pokemon as if like these Pokemon were companies, right? So I'm like, right. oh, I'm just going to design a logo for Zubat and Pikachu. And I'm just going to print it. Like, Pikachu is an EDM company making like EDM equipment. And I put them on the website and I put them on Reddit and tweeted them. And within, I think, the first month, which was pretty much two and a half weeks, my Pictogram website was up. I got like 500,000 views. Holy and I was like, what the hell? And like my inbox was actually full of pretty solid work. And I already have like a lot of fun UI design work coming in and stuff. But my, my biggest thing I wanted to do with this company is like do stuff outside of my comfort zone and do new things and like design stuff that I don't know that much about. And I've done some identity work in the past and not that much. So I was like, I want to do some graphic identity work. And so now suddenly this work just kind of came in and I could do some of that stuff. So that's been a lot of fun. And what were you doing before Pictogram? Um, so before Pictogram, I was jobless for a little bit and riding my motorcycle to Alaska, which was really, really fun. Okay. I just I want to hear this whole story. <laughs> First of all, Bryn's going to dork out about this. We're just going to talk about motorcycles for the rest of the Dork away. Huh? But you kickstarted a motorcycle trip so i didn't even uh, actually i kickstarted the, the making a book and selling some prints okay, okay. that was the big thing like because i was like it was really hard because a lot of the responses to like so first of all this kickstarter thing before i dive into that i made a kickstarter and i said like okay this is me and my buddy Stuart. uh we have an, a plan where we're going to ride our motorcycles from san francisco to alaska and back and we're both photographers so we're going to make some photos of it and we want to make a book out of it this is like you're not funding our vacation we were very much funding like the books and stuff because we didn't, you know, want to make a profit or anything. Um, and so we set off to do this and we didn't even really like, I didn't even really have like a clear idea where I was going. Like I, to get an idea of how good my geographic sense was, I thought the Yukon was a river. I didn't realize it was like one of the biggest territories in Canada. Like I was a complete ignorant <laughs> oh, moron. <laughs> so I just kind of rode up there and was like, oh, welcome. It was like a big sign that said, welcome to the Yukon. And I was like, oh, I guess that's a place. This isn't what I was expecting. Huh? <laughs> it was actually one of the like longest routes, like one of the roughest routes we took. And we were finally in Alaska and we were like, so what do we do now? Where are we going to go? And I looked at the map and we saw there was like, we were in Fairbanks and we were a little bit away from the furthermost, the northernmost point of like the American continent. And mind you, it was still like half the length of California away, but we were like, we're right there. I mean, we could ride as far as the road allows. We can get to the Arctic ocean. It was one of the most dangerous highways in the U S but we were like, uh, if we're going to kick ourselves forever, if we don't do it. So yeah. we just set it off. Like I put some, some, some all-terrain tires on my bike and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just ride. You had to get some tires flown in, right? Yeah. I ordered them ahead of time there. Okay. Cause I was like, I'm probably going to be out of tires. Might as well get some that are good for like, the terrible Alaskan roads, which are pretty bad. They're almost as bad as the ones in San Francisco, if you can believe it. Like, I mean, they're in that state of disrepair. <laughs> I, know, I don't you know. believe it. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, so while we're there, we rode up there and it was 
It's crazy. It was an awful, awful road. I mean, it was about 1,200 miles of dirt, I think, and like rocks and deep gravel, massive trucks like barreling by. Nothing for 500 miles, like no fuel, no service, no people. You run into nothing. It was tons of caribou and bears and also the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen in my life. Like it was crazy. But we just rode to the end and we were there and we we're like, yeah, this is the end. There's nothing there. It was just it was just a vast Arctic plain with like a put like a drilling station there of like people pumping oil out of the ground and really depressed looking dudes walking around like, what are you doing here, man? Why would you come here? <laughs> they were like, oh, by the way, if you need a job, you know, like you just you can sign up right now. You're like, like yep, later. Yeah, <laughs> we literally did that. Like we 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 slept. The sun didn't set that night. Like it just kind of kissed the horizon and went back up. We had a, we bought a room. There's only one hotel. They kind of have a monopoly. It's not cheap, <laughs> okay. and it was really bad. Wow. It was like a terrible dorm room for like 200 bucks. And uh, yeah, turn around, rode back, um, and uh, over like about one and a half months' time, made it back to San Francisco. When I was flat out broke, I was like, "All right, time to start making some money again, and design again." Mm-hmm. But it was great. Though. And I came back. I was so full of ideas and like inspiration and. Before that, I worked at Double Twist, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a, a startup that made like Android software, which was rewarding for like a long time. But also, like I, you know, I was I was really burnt out at the end of that, and like I lost that, and I got divorced, and like my life was kind of like in a downward spiral. And I think that that trip really helped me kind of kick out of that. That was sure. that was really good. That's one hell of a way to kickstart something new. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, my initial way of solving all my problems was like, I'm just gonna go drink like any responsible 20 or something old. I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to drink. All my problems will go away if I drink. Yeah. But actually it solved my problem. Cause I, I went to a bar and the bartender that worked there was a guy who I didn't know at the time that was going to go to Alaska with me. Like it was Stuart. Wow. And I got to know that guy and I, you know, made friends and like one night we're drinking and he was down on his luck too. And he was like, I'm going to ride to Alaska. I was like, you sure? That's kind of a crazy idea. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Fuck, let's do it. Well, you guys did it right too. You had tons of sponsors and you got some really cool gear to go. Yeah, so did the sponsor. Yeah, we, they just gave us like, we got some hoodies, like Taylor Stitch, which is a really cool clothing brand in San Francisco. Uh, gave us like some, some pants and sweaters. And uh, you had like Ether and, and Ether gave us a, stuff. Ether, yeah, Ether gave us a pair of hoodies and then the right Scorpio, which is like a, a GPS you can put on your bike for like yeah. tracking and stuff, which we didn't really publish that much because it didn't, didn't really work that well. But, you know, it's. Uh, whatever you know we, we tried it so it was cool it was and really now you're cool. making a book of the photos, photos you took yep. and so sort of the events looking of- back the biggest mistake was not like you know i crashed my bike there like on the way back which was you know i survived and we fixed it with like safety wire and duct tape and like i had to splint like part of my front fork with like a piece of alaskan willow and like tape it all back together that Sounds was like safe. Yep. yeah oh, it totally worked out like i had to improvise a hydraulic reservoir out of like a oil mixing syringe and some safety wire and like was like oh that worked out fine but my biggest, <laughs> if I look Jesus back, the biggest mistake was not like doing that, uh, that trip. Like, cause like, I was like, man, I almost died there. That was crazy. Looking back, I'm like, I should have done the Kickstarter after the ride because <laughs> once I came back and I put the photos online and I was like, you know, I can put them online and just make them an album, which will just be like a vacation to people and see like, you know, whatever motorcycle vacation. But I'm like, it wasn't a vacation to me. Like I came back and I was like, I was so like reinvigorated and creative. And I was like, this is a new chapter in my life. And I really solved my problems in life. And I was like, ah, what I also could do is just give some context. So I like posted it on Reddit and I said like, so I lost my job and I got divorced. But then me and my buddy were like, let's write to Alaska. So we did. And uh, that was like the title pretty much. And I posted it and I went to sleep, you know, and the next morning, like my phone was like buzzing 
It was like, dude, you're on the front page of Reddit. Like other people like goes to me and stuff. And it was we, two days in a row too. Yeah, we were on the front page for two days in a row and one of the top ten posts of the year, like total. It was so, insane. And you guys were just on upvoted for it, right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were on a podcast to talk about it. It was super. Like I had no idea it would explode like that. So like every week, still, I get messages from people who are like, "Hey, man, you changed my life." Like I'm like, I, I got out of this like really bad depression thanks to your post. I'm like, what? <laughs> like at some point, it was like a message from. Uh, someone who claimed at least claimed to be like a playmate from LA it was like hey forever in LA you know come. I was like what is going on you're like this is uh, so I bizarre. actually happened to be in LA in about six hours so. <laughs> I'm on a plane right now yeah it was it was uh, it was really bizarre and I was like you know we could have brought this book to a lot more people that way but honestly you know the story was out there and like to know that I really like inspired some people and like like shared the story in like a really good way makes me really happy you know like it was not a trip I did for other people in the first place and to see that it actually like like i still get still getting messages from people saying like it genuinely improved their lives or changed their lives that makes me like feel massively inspired is that book something you're getting extras of that people that are listening if they wanted to check it out they could look yeah into? yeah so um i at the end of the month i want to have uh because we were finally going to have like an idea of material costs for it want to have a, a one round of pre-orders and then we're probably going to make like maybe 400 total Okay, and then people can you know register their interests, and by the time that comes, they can pay and get one. But uh, I'm going to do an open round of pre-orders where you don't get charged for anything, so you can just like send me an email or an app reply, and I'll get you on the list, and you know you can check it out if you want. Sweet, okay. awesome. Yeah, I signed up for a t-shirt. I'm very excited. Working on those, making a full t-shirt design. Yeah, we're working on a really, really tight design. We, I just wanted like, I was like, yeah, I know, I'll just put out the t-shirts really fast. And then I was working on the book cover design. I was like, no, but it has to be consistent with the book cover. So like, you know, it's just ah, that's why I dragged on so long. I got the stickers somewhere. I like, I I prepped up. Yeah, I remember, I remember <laughs> the sticker thing. Yeah. Okay, so you were, at, we're going in a weird order. You're double twist before that, mm-hmm. and then before that, I worked for Apple for a while, mm-hmm. which was actually in a contract position for about a year and a half. And yeah, that was just like six years of contracting for a different company. So I worked for I Apple. I didn't know they had anyone like just manually stitching leather there. Mm. Yeah, you were just sewing a, a it onto shirts of sorts. I, I see an Apple watch with a leather band here, I guess that really took off at that point. Sport. Yeah. Um, sport band, not watch. Yeah, my time at Apple, I worked on some controversial Phew. projects. You. <laughs> you don't want people to know that you, you didn't. Do you. The- sport oh is that is that is that not the sport watch is it the it's, proper it's the same as steel. that's the proper watch oh isn't that kind of like a faux pas to, to do like the the, the the band and watch mixing no i like the white strap i think that's the I, the white one is like the most common one i've seen that's because it's the first one to ship oh, oh that's a good point the black ones were delayed right yes for a long time yep. ah. yeah yeah okay anyways fair. so maybe they just didn't predict like they didn't predict it right didn't make enough they just didn't stitch the leather it's all just laminated did do they even have an option with like brown leather like i don't they i'm have, kind of out of the loop because like a brown leather loop and they have a brown classic leather and black classic leather and they've got they've got one called rose gray leather that my boss really likes and i just think it's the douchiest looking thing ever it, it kind of looks like grandma's <laughs> Your skin boss is not gray. really a, like <laughs> listening to this podcast i presume no i give him shit about it all the time he's fine oh, okay. <laughs> he knows okay Good. Good. okay so just to clarify you are responsible for the stitch leather on my friend's iPhone. I know at least three people who are. It was a joint effort. Okay. Um, uh-huh. I feel like <laughs> with that defense I in sound mind, like I'm kind of at the Nuremberg trials right now. <laughs> well, th- I'm, I'm curious. You get it! <laughs> because that has been like 
the counterpoint to flat design, right? Yeah, it was definitely together with contrast. Like, together with like games. It wasn't green felt, but I'd say I'd say like those like that stage of design and like mm-hmm. those were like kind of the high water. It was like the peak of, of iOS six, right? They were the peak of a certain uh, set of executives of Apple really clamoring for a certain style, and that's why that kind of swung really far in these projects. And the reason it it swung so far in those projects was because uh, those are the ones where you could actually design it any way you wanted. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I worked at Apple, like one of the directions for Five My Friends was we need to make sure it looks as custom as possible because like we feel like this is kind of a creepy thing, so we need to like make a really distinct visual style for it yeah. that's very different than native. Because the initial design of it was just native like totally standard looking and then we just made a billion different kinds of designs like, but when you use comfortable materials it feels more comfortable yeah the, the idea was like more we're personable gonna, yeah we're gonna make it look like something more of a you know familiar familiar thing i guess um and initially it was actually just called find my family like total nda breaking stuff here but it was called like find my family so you know interesting yeah it was like it was supposed to be more of like a really intimate thing um and now it's baked right into messages, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I believe initially it was the idea that it was going to be kind of baked in all along, but I don't think Apple's very good at social stuff. Like they're just ping. ping. <laughs> hey guys, remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this little thing called yeah. ping. It was, yeah, Apple and social stuff. Well, I think it's cool. So you've like evolved through, or like at least seen the community evolve all the way through the spectrum then from that to where we are now where we have people writing about the collapse of visual design as as a profession basically yeah and even back then i feel like there was a big knee-jerk reaction and a lot of articles being written by people who weren't even actually designers it's like oh this is a disingenuous and terrible approach to design it's this blah 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 and uh you got to realize like a company at Apple, it's not like a single designer just makes like, is like, hey guys, let's make like a, an app and it's all green felt and stuff. Like there's a lot of decisions being made. There's a lot of stuff being imposed from like a top level, you know, it's, it's a, it's, there's a lot of moving parts involved, sure. right? So it's not like someone like had the idea of like everything should now look exactly like a, a literal game table or anything like that. Right. And then everybody piled on thinking that the idea was that design was heading in the direction of everything looking like a physical object. And I don't think that's that was a fair assessment. It was just isolating something to an extreme and taking like the worst possible example of something and then saying like, just starting like go nuts on it. And sure, saying, I mean the like the thing. native iOS 6 wasn't that crazy, right? Is right a little bit gradient, some shadows. It had some gloss. It had yeah. It It started actually like kind of toned down on the gloss by then too. Like we started getting the the UI status bars actually began like becoming becoming glossless. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, some of the like material design things we see now where you get like a colored status bar with a colored, um, you know, sort of top toolbar Mm -hmm. was being like rolled into that. Um, I keep seeing black status bars on black backgrounds, and then the battery will be green. So you see a green rectangle in the upper right corner. And it's driving me insane. It looks really weird. Yeah. What the hell is that? Why not just make it go away? Guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, it's pretty awful. Um, on the plus, it's, it's actually weird right now seeing, especially when iOS 7 was like fresh out the gate and material design was still something new where there were some stock apps on Android that kind of looked better than like Apple stock apps, you know? It's a weird thing. But also now that you see like, um, I'm sure if you guys seen like the new Windows I guess it's now called Windows Mobile, Windows Mobile 10. Is but, it called Windows Mobile again? Yeah, they're calling it Windows Mobile again. Interesting. Now. Yeah, I have not been paying attention to that. Yeah, so they're, because Windows Phone, it was the name previously, yeah. and now the, the, the OS is going to be for tablets. 
and phones. So mm. we're going to call it like Windows Mobile again. Um, it's hilarious. But it looks a lot more like Android now. They actually made it much more material design-y looking, which presumably is because they can now run um, Android apps yeah. on their new platform. So That makes sense. Um, I still can't believe that they made it so you can compile iOS and Android apps to run on it. That's yeah. Good. That's such a like admission of failure but at the same time like well we're just gonna take your shit what are you gonna do i mean yeah. you know like if you look at a position they're in you know they can basically go the way of web os which mm-hmm. you know just kind of died well or, they've been well it lives on an lg tvs which is hilarious um but yeah they were paying a company i used to work at in minnesota that was just a print company they would pay us a ton of money every year just to design our apps for windows phone as well damn it was crazy like they would just they were paying everyone to build to Windows Phone apps, and now they're just all right. We'll just take yours. We don't even care. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty clever. Everyone's building their stuff against Windows Azure. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people are building against Windows Azure now, anyway. So why not? Yeah, yeah. As much as you can share, how does Apple decide when to contract out projects like that versus get them done in house? I don't think they do it at all, really. Um, so as far as I do, like, um, it was it was a weird time at Apple where. Um, Apple was having a thing where mobile me was transitioning from in the, in, in a big way. Like before, like when I joined, I didn't know that this was going to be the thing, but they were going from mobile me to iCloud. Right. And so they, um, a lot of people moved around. Mobile me was kind of in the gutter, right? Everybody was kind of like harping on it. It wasn't working well. They had to put a lot of effort into it. So executive said like, we need like to prove it now. We need like designers on it now. And the one guy working on the design team back then is my really good friend, Misha McLachlan, who still works there now. And he said like, we need someone to come in now. Do you want to come work with us? And I said like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so like, okay, we can't do the visa stuff in time. So we're just going to have to do this contracting wise. So uh, I think, I guess they made a one-time exception and just like, oh, wow. let me do that. And then once by the time, like we were actually working together to create a team. So we had Everaldo Coelho join, who's a really, really great designer. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's like underscore Everaldo on Twitter. Um, and another guy, um, was Mantia there at the time? I think I joined, I was contracting before him and then he joined like a few months later and then he, because he was full time, like he was working yeah. at Cupertino, but he wasn't there super long. Was he? No, not too long. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We kind of just like, enough time to do an iTunes icon. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did a lot of, he did a lot of work. Uh, I think, uh, Ronald, um, Padbury was there at the time. So yeah. At that point, how long had you been in the U.S.? At that point, I was not in the U.S. I was oh, actually, you were doing all this remote. Yeah, we did it some wow. some stuff. We did uh, while I was in the U.S., but I was only like visiting, and then some of it was just me in Holland. So we just like do baton passing pretty much because we had nine hour time zone differences. Right. So I would wake up, do design review with the guys there, and then they would go to bed, and you know I would be. Then it would be California time. California time. <laughs> Let's hear the story. <laughs> So, uh, I guess just before the podcast, you guys asked about why I have latte art for an avatar. <laughs> that's what it looks like. The crazy Sorry. little leaves. Yeah. So, um, basically, well, that's that's actually what the latte art term is: is ferns. Like that's what that's supposed to be. Is it a term? Is yeah. it? Is it what? Oh, okay, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. So when I was 15, 16 years old, and I was a a, a no good stoner Photoshop, you know, non whiz in Holland. <laughs> Uh, I made really weird shit on DeviantArt and just kind of put it out there. And I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if someday that was obviously my voice or something, I guess, you know, it'd be really cool. Hey, like man. someday, dude, I'm going to like 
move to America and I'm just going to like actually make design a business that I do. So I'm going to call myself a Californ design industry. I like how you dig deep into your Californian accent. Yeah. Like, oh, bro, like, way out. It's going to be like tubular man, you know? Like, so, uh, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm going to, so I made a logo that was also like kind of representative of that. Cause back then, you know, I did a lot of logos just like for, for shits and giggles that kind of looked like other logos that I saw. And this was kind of based on like G monk and people and like, um, yeah, Jens Carlson and like all these other people back then I made like abstract art and made these little sort of crazy logos that involved some element of like heraldic art, like uh, lions and leaves and wreaths and shields and stuff like that with some geometric shape. And uh, yeah, that's how the whole Caliform logo got born and the name Caliform, which I still have on like places like Reddit or YouTube and that kind of thing. And people often ask me like, why do you have that? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a long story. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like back in the day when I was still working with Apple, like my little one man company I had in Holland was called Kokoya, which is C O C O I A. Also, my old Twitter handle. And people ask me, like, what is the name? Like, what is that based on? It was just literally me being 15 years old. No, well, I guess 16 at that point, being stoned and being like, I love palm trees. I want to make a name that's based on like palm trees and coconuts or something. Like, it was, it was really silly. Like, it's just, I, yeah, I was a teenager once. I made bad choices. I'm curious. I have to live with them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. How did you end up in design at all? This is like going back to the roots roots, but yeah. Um, so I never finished any formal education. Um, when I was in high school, I was really into like Photoshopping and like putting my stuff on DeviantArt. Initially actually paint shop pro. Yeah. Paint shop pro. That was my thing. And I got into that and like doing all these crazy digital abstracts. And I dropped out of school because I was Photoshopping too much. And my parents were like, oh, it's not good. You need to go to school. In fact, it's actually, it's law in Holland that you have to go to school if you're a teenager. Interesting. Like you you can't just not be in school. There has to be some sort of education. What? It's here. Well, until you're 16. Right, right. Hmm. Well, it's like until 18 at least in Holland. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, I was 15 anyway. So it was still a mood. And they said, you have to go to school. And I said, no. Screw you. So, <laughs> no, thank you. No. I'm not going to school. And uh, I ran away from home. And I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, like around 15, 16 years old. And so I continued to not go to school. And then my parents eventually pushed me to go to school again. And I dropped out again. And I kept like making all these crazy digital things. And then um, uh, I saw that the town I was closest to had an art academy where they did mostly traditional art academy stuff, right? So there's like live drawing where you draw naked people and like painting courses, but also graphic design. And I wanted to enroll into graphic design. So I came up to them and I said, can I do the intake exam, uh, which required like sketching and drawing and some writing stuff and also like making one big piece to like submit a sure uh, admission piece. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, sure. And they still tried to convince me like, please go back and get your high school diploma. But I said, like, I'm not going to do it. Like I'm, I'm done with that. You know, I don't want to do it anymore. And they admitted me. So I, I did two years there. And at the end of that, because I got, it's a fun fact, like I got a laptop for the art, art school. Like my mm-hmm. parents were graceful enough to get me a laptop for it, which I'm still very grateful for. And uh, it was it was a MacBook. So my first Mac, I was a, like a diehard PC guy before that. I was like, no, screw Macs. Macs are stupid, yeah. you know? And uh, it was the first Intel Mac. And I loved it. And I was like, why That's, is this? That was so my great? first one too. Yeah, right. The, the uh, Santa Rosa, like the 2.4 gigahertz. Yep, yep. Mine was... Intel Core 2 Duo. Core 2 Duo. Mine yes. was so first gen that it actually melted the battery in three months time. That's not far off. Mine was just scratch death though. Oh, so yeah? I, I had to get mine because I was enrolling in the music industry. 
So I was doing a lot of audio engineering. So you're like, oh man, I got to go. Yep, like had to go Mac. And yep. I was so upset about it because I had like had all these Dells and Samsungs and like I loved my laptops. You know what you want to use, right? It's yeah. like your workflow already, like yep. you're comfortable with it. And I was like, well, at least it is Intel now so I can like just put Windows exactly. on Exactly. That was my, yeah. Yep. That was my thing too. And I was like, once I started using it, I was like, fuck no, I'm not putting Windows <laughs> exactly. on Exactly. <laughs> Never again. It was Tiger back then. I was yep. like, oh, this looks sweet. And I was like, why is this so great? So I started and I replaced like, all my icons and use window shades and. Yep. Oh. I always like was theming my stuff, you know, like yeah. I, was, I was so big on that. Um, but that, that got me into like UI stuff. Like I, yeah. I saw some icons that I didn't like, and one of them was the creepy preview kid that just looked like really like demonic, you know, this crazy little eyes. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm designing a new preview icon. And I was such a little shithead back then too, because I was on Mac themes, which is yep. like the big like community oh, yeah. back then. I remember Mac themes. And I like my first icon I put out there, I was like, I was like, yeah, so I kind of like made an icon for preview. It's much better than the default, whatever, <laughs> you know, total, like such an egotistical little asshole, you know, but, uh, you know, and I got like, critique too against yeah. it like no it's not better you know this is wrong about it blah, blah blah i grew as an artist like tremendously because of that community which is awesome um but i started making icons like for my mac just for the fun of it and that's how i got my first gig like that's literally how i got started with design pretty much um just make icons put them on my website people drop by and before you know it like you know the first client came by and it was like an indie mac developer said like hey do you want to make an icon for my thing I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, if you're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 20. I was thinking I got like 25 bucks per no hour. No way. Yeah, yeah. I just like picked wow. to like a figure out of clear like blue sky. I was like, how about this rate? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I still kind of like the icon that I made up for it, actually. Like, it was kind of cool. Which app was it? Uh, it was called Shift. Fun fact, uh, nowadays, I'm working with that same client. I'm working on That's awesome. an app called Sparkle for the Mac. It's already out. Uh, it lets you make websites kind of like... Yeah, I, I think like I've seen this. Um, I'm trying to like redesign it in the way that I want to see it, but uh, yeah, Duncan Wilcox is in, is 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 his name, and he's a really great guy. Like he actually really coached me in some things, which I think every designer should you know learn as part of their like first client experience. Like he said, I was terrible at, like over promising and under delivering. You know, like oh yeah, I have these five awesome icons for you by Friday, <laughs> man. You know didn't do it and then yep. like i kind of stressed out didn't email him and he's like hey where's my icons you know and i was like oh sorry i kind of over promised he's like okay here's what you do like you you know under promise and over deliver and just do, keep doing that and I'm like um yeah it was a great learning experience nice. at what point did you decide that california was the place you wanted to end up um well fun fact the only reason i ever moved to california was because my girlfriend in holland broke up with me so that girlfriend that I moved in with back when I ran away from home. She saved you, man. <laughs> <laughs> she rescued from yeah, that really cold, cold school. You left her for the United States. <laughs> the oppression of my parents. No, you know, like uh, I was with her for quite some time, um, you know, like five years. And uh, I, I'd gotten an offer in the meantime from Apple when I was like 18. And they said like, hey, we want to like hire you for what was then like the they said the platform design team, like the the Mac design team. When you were eighteen, yeah, I like I vividly remember exactly the room. Apple I was came in. at you. Yeah, I got an email from Charlene Wong, and I, ref, I like I remember exactly what like where in the room I was and what the moment was because I felt like every single ambition that I had at that point was just like phew, suddenly met. You know, they were like, not many people could say that, right? Being approached by Apple as a designer—that's 
Yeah, it's, it was a crazy feeling. It was really cool. But I made this really stupid choice. Looking back, I thought it was stupid at least. Because I was like, oh, I've got this whole life here. I've got my girlfriend. I've got some cats. I'm gonna, oh, I, the cats. I've got, oh, the cats. <laughs> Once you, know? you have cats, you're done. I yeah, mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to settle down here. Heaven forbid you leave your I'm cats. I'm some cats and some ferns and you're <laughs> set for life. I was Actually, looking like, that's what he has now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I do have a girlfriend and cats right now. <laughs> and ferns. <laughs> and ferns. Oh, I love ferns, man. They're so good. So good, um, but yeah, no. I was like, uh, you know what? My girlfriend's not really feeling it. Um, I can always join Apple at a later time. Thanks very much, but no, I'm not doing it. Which I think I should have done. But uh, looking back, I got some other really cool clients in the meantime that were really fun. Um, so yeah, I didn't didn't take them up on it. Yeah, and wow. you did later. <laughs> I did later. Yeah, but that was of. that was contracting. Like I never actually completely signed. So so how did you whatever. end up here? So. That's a pretty complicated You broke story up with too. her. I broke up with her. No, she broke up with me. Eh. And I was like... You didn't have to say that, man. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's, it's fair because like, that's kind of like... So when I was with her, I got a lot of like job offers from different companies here in California. And I, I love California. I've been visiting for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been working with Double Twist as a contractor. Um, I really liked, you know, some of the stuff that the WebOS guys were doing, like Apple was there. So they all had to like send me job offers, you know, from like, it's a wonderful place to be in. Like it's, oh yeah, I will never complain about that. It was super cool. But I was like, you know, no, I'm good in Holland over here in my podunk little bumfuck town, whatever. It was, yeah, it really is like, I was in such a backward, stupid so town. Like I think really Tim goes. described it as like, or maybe it was you who described Tim's town as being on the very edge of No, Holland. no, that's what yeah, that's Tim's described. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like whenever he describes like, cause he, he went up to my place for a few days once he uh Tim like, Van he was driving north and north and north and he's like i'm gonna leave holland if i keep driving and then finally like that's that's where he was it was in the middle of nowhere it's like the scotland of the netherlands but worse <laughs> 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 it's an awful place uh but yeah so i was like you know what i'm good here and uh that's also actually where i spent so much of my time making minecraft videos on youtube because i was so bored out of my mind <laughs> So yeah, that's a different story altogether. It's but, crazy that Minecraft is still so big after like that long being mm-hmm. a thing. I actually still get messages from like people who are like, "Man, I was like a, I was like 11 years old when I saw your YouTube videos." And like brought me through high school, Insane. man. Like, weird, so wow. weird. Uh, anyway, I'm losing my train of thought here. So uh, I got all these job offers, and once my girlfriend broke up with me, I was like, "Well, nothing keeping me in Holland anymore. You know, I should just." try and move and like open a new chapter of my life. So I just replied to all those things and said like, Hey, guess what? Um, something changed. I want to talk to you. Let's talk. So for about four months out of that year, I just flew back and forth between Holland and the U S and just job, job interviews, job interviews, job interviews, job interviews, job interviews. Uh, and it eventually narrowed it down to three candidates and it was going to be, uh, double twist square or web OS. <laughs> And uh, I'm I, I chose Double Twist, and in the end, I was pretty happy with that, especially considering one of the alternatives was WebOS, which went, yeah. which was then HP, and which went like they got <laughs> shit canned. I think like two months after <laughs> well, I like yeah. that decision. Um, so this wasn't that long ago. It was like uh, yeah, I'm trying to get the timeline three together. and a half years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty recent. So you were 23. Yeah, I was 23 years old. Square was young. Square was young. They were just building out the design team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Robert Anderson is a, is a good friend of mine. And I really like the guy. Um, we had some great conversations. Uh, and uh, I was just about like on the cusp of getting an O one visa all settled through Double Twist. Mm-hmm. When uh, 
I met my a girl that would then become my wife. Like we got married like really crazily. I was just on a trip here to visit. I was sort of vacationing after all these job interviews to kind of like take a breather. And I uh, met her uh, on in the middle of the street late at night once. And, you know, four weeks later, we got engaged. It was kind of crazy. Four weeks? Four weeks. Yeah. A lot of people are like, ask me like on the, on the upvoted podcast, I said like, some people asked me, like what I was thinking and I, like there was just not a lot of thinking going on. It's a lot of feeling, you know, like I was right. just like really swept away with this, this sort of crazy boyish emotion of like amazing, like boy meet girl, like serendipity, you know, wonderful thing. But suffice to say, you know, she was 19, I was 23. It didn't last, you know, like we lasted about a year and 11 months. And that was the divorce that prompted me to be like, well, I'm out of here. I'm going to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Seems like I always run from my problems. Like, <laughs> run, away from home, run away from the United States. Run away from well, California. California. Yeah, reasonably. But I'm back. I'm not running away, I think. Yeah. Yet. It, it seems healthy-ish. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be, a, it's working so far, I guess. Hey, you didn't know. just sit there and drink. <laughs> <laughs> you made a photo did. book. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I love to be there. able to say, like, I made a photo book. But, God, it's a lot of work to make a book. Man, if I like, this is like the most stereotypical Kickstarter thing ever where you're like, oh, you know, we're going to deliver in November or whatever. And like, dude, like add four or five months to that sure. every single time because yeah. it's so much more work. I've never made a book. And I I, I totally thought like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to be able to make a book, you know, no problem. But then you have to suddenly <laughs> like you come back, you're broke. You got to start working like you got to, you know, pay your rent. You got to spend all this time working. Plus, on top of that, making a book, you have to investigate how to make a book, investigate suppliers, get a bunch of proof prints back and be like, this looks unacceptable. This looks like crap. We can't do this. And like, well, we can do it like this, but it's way more expensive. And I was like, OK, that's not acceptable. Let's go do another one. Yada, yada, yada. Ah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot more work than you think. Making books is a lot of work. Sure. Yeah. So did you run into that guy on his Honda Ruckus? I did. Around? Mike Saunders. Oh my god! So this is <laughs> this is some deep. This is some deep like motorcycle shit. This is some, some <laughs> shit. In fact, it's a scooter. It's not like I mean, scooters are. It's two wheels. It's two wheels. So a guy I ran into in the Yukon in the middle of fucking nowhere near Whitehorse, uh, Mike Saunders, was riding a forty nine cc, which is a very low powered little scooter from Key West, Florida all around the US and eventually all the way up to the Arctic like we did. This is, this is like the bike that people ride in pit crews between races. It's just like a, it's a short distance vehicle. It goes 45 miles an hour tops. If you're going <laughs> uphill, especially with all the stuff he had on it, maybe 25 miles an hour. So, it and the best part is it gets 100 miles a gallon. So his custom vanity plate for it was 99 MPG. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which is really great. I really like that. It was the nicest possible guy, but he was like, I was like, man, like, you know, it has a thousand cc motorcycle with 20 times more capacity as him, like 20 times more power at least. So like, man, why do you do it? And he's like, well, I just like the scenery. You know, he had a $25,000 BMW R1200GS, you know, touring adventure, the thing that you McGregor took a around beast. like the whole world, like a beast at home. And he, he left it there. He's like, you know what? I can live on like 10 bucks a day with this. I could keep touring for as long as I want. And it's yeah. great. And he was like the funny thing is I hosted him again in San Francisco. It was back for like two months already, yeah. and uh, he sent me a message. He's like, "Hey, I'm in town. Like, let's grab a beer. Let's crash on my couch. I'll make you pizza. You know." It's, I just saw a story yeah. about it, and I remembered you saying something about it at one point, and I was like, "What is the weird? Like, how did that end up happening? Because he was like from Florida or something." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just run up in like, middle you run of nowhere. These people on the on, on the on the trail, you know. Like, we ran into one like Australian guy, Al Farland. Um, 
then like he uh, we later found out that he he passed away he was going to do like a round the world trip wow he was a couple of years younger than i was he used to work at apple retail in australia and he was riding down from alaska and he did like burning man he went to yosemite he met a girl in san francisco they fell in love you know and it was a really wonderful thing and then as my buddy Stuart put his photos online on reddit like we got a comment because one of the photos was of alistair and we got one of the comments who said, like, I'm so sorry to say this, but like two days ago, Alistair died in North Carolina on the highway and it's a random accident, you know, it's just, it's crazy. You know, it really makes you think. But yeah, especially Jeez. like on, you were on this like weird random trip. <laughs> I mean, you had kind of planned it out, but it, it was pretty it was really bizarre random. and out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And then you run into these people who are from very connected fields. Like, ah, it blows my mind. Like, it's a small world. It's just a really, sure. really small world, yeah. And we ran into him kind of twice, the scooter guy, Mike, because, uh, so we met him in the Yukon, and then we went to Skagway and just kind of loafed around for a while. We met a few girls, and, like, we hung out, and we had a really good time. Um, in fact, uh, I mentioned one of the girls um, in the image set on Reddit, and everybody would not stop asking, like, oh, did you and Sarah do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? And you actually still get messages, like, apart from the, like, inspirational <laughs> ones, people still say, like, so, like, you and Sarah, like, you did it, right? Like, what? what is the point? Like, are you guys, like, 14 years old? Like, why don't you have to know if I had if sex? If you're on Reddit, I can tell you the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's likely. Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, so we loafed around for a while, and then we went to the Arctic, and we passed by the one service station that's, like, in a thousand-mile stretch to get gas. And uh, we were like, hey, you guys, like, it was just, like, trucker stop, right? And he said, like, you guys seen any other motorcycles around? I'm like, no, no, nothing. Although there was that one guy on a 50cc mo- scooter. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, God, and he beat us there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tortoise in the hair. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it was a typical tortoise in the hair story. It was really, really cool. And I was just really happy to hear that he made it, like, safe and sound. Because, yeah. That's- now you're back and you're settling back into a design routine. It's, I'm trying to make it as little of a routine as possible. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, what I'm really trying to do now is just do a lot of crazy different stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I did, like, so, like this sort of Pokemon project. Um, I did, like, I made a bunch of desktop you icons. You like icons. Used to do. icons. Yeah, which were really well. Like, I'm really happy with the yeah. community responding so well have, to it. Do you, are you tracking downloads on that and all that? You know what? I used to, but it doesn't seem to work that well anymore. But I definitely know that it's gotten at least like a million visitors to the website so far. Mm-hmm. So. Damn. Yeah. It's, they did some really good traffic on wow. those. Yeah. Um, and I'm really happy with like how that's t- taken off. So now I'm like looking at doing new sort of little side projects. Um, but mostly like professionally, I'm just trying to keep myself doing really diverse stuff. So like I'll be shooting like stills for a music video for like a really big electronic artist next weekend which is totally out of my comfort zone and really crazy. And I just want to do something like that. Um, at the end of this year, I'm going to be working on special effects for a really big motion picture, like as part of like a team, just a little role, but like a totally different thing, like a, nothing I've ever done before. Um, and uh, trying to just be diverse and like do stuff that keeps me inspired and do random fun things. How do you balance that with normal work? Um, Paying work. As long I'm as... I'm sure it pays, right? Yeah, it pays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It pays less, I'd say. Uh, like random stuff usually pays less because my experience just yeah. doesn't really work like that. But um, I just make sure I have a lot of contracts that are pretty short term. Right now, I'm lucky enough to have one really awesome client, uh, Nihilus, that like is sort of my main bottom line. And like as long as they retain me, which they do, and we do awesome work together, you know, they pay like all the bills. In the meantime, everything else is gravy for me. So Wow. It's nice. It's it's a good place to be, and in the future, if that falls through, like you know, I hope 
something else picks up, but like I'm I'm a solid believer of just letting it come to you, you know. <laughs> was pictogram, do you feel like that was always in the cards or when you were starting that, were you also looking at a full time job at So I did Big some Co. I did some yeah, I did some I did some job interviews when I came back. Okay. And uh I vividly remember sitting in a room at Capital One in that really? San Francisco <laughs> and thinking like, what am I doing? This is such a bad idea. What were oh, man. you doing? How did you end up I think there? my buddy might have just taken that job, but... Well, congratulations to your buddy. It seemed like they were generally really well, cool you, people. You know Juan. Juan I think so. arguing mm-hmm. queen. But I just knew that I would probably fall into a spiral of like creative, you know, sort of... It wasn't, a good fit for you. it wasn't a good fit it was yeah. it wasn't sure. and i knew that i just had to like just do my own thing like double twist was my first full-time job in my life where i just got like a paycheck before that i'd always been freelancing and i'm someone with a very short attention span i just always got to like work on new things and different things that keep mm-hmm. the stuff going you know and i think that is what that job taught me like i should keep stuff fresh um and there's no harm in admitting that you know so I think that's why Pictogram is so great for me because I just get to put all my energy into one big project and then take all these other little things and kind of play around with them. Nice. You and have other little ideas like the mirror set or the Pokemon stuff that you're working on? Uh, Modemoji is one of the little sort ah, of stupid projects I'm working on. So. Well, I submitted as many as I could. I was like, <laughs> I have all these toys on my desk. Will you just make them? <laughs> wait, wait, what is this? So um, uh, there's emoji, obviously. And emoji are now standardized with Unicode Yes. in that you get a lot of little icons for different objects. One of the things that are missing is one of the most, after cars, the most used motor vehicle on earth and as the motorcycle. Yeah. So I posted my first um, little icon on Dribble, which is like a tiny version of one of the motorcycles I own. And I would want to make a whole family of little motorcycle icons. I, I'm so like happy to see that little icon, too. Because <laughs> when uh, when Jeff borrowed your motorcycle while you were gone, I I got to ride it a little bit. And yeah, I was like, right. so into it. Because Jeff Broderick rode my bike yes. and you rode my and bike. And I was working for Jeff at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, a fun, it's a fun little bike. She is currently not running, sadly, but I am actually looking mm. at selling her. It's my first Ducati, and I'm looking at selling her. But she needs a home, man. She's not being ridden right now. It's sad. Well, you got that. Uh, you're looking at a new one. I'm looking at a new one. It's got to be a German one. Not the worst thing. It's kind of kind of kind of weird to go from Italian to German. Well, Ducati's kind of German now. I guess they're owned by Audi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend's German, so they were bought by about. Audi in 2011, I think. And things have been better since. So my bike was the first generation monster that was built by Audi. And I was immediately, I was like, yep, this is perfect. I'll I take think, it. I think I saw it when I pulled up. It's, Probably. It's yeah. white and red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally saw it. Big fan. BMW has been making some amazing stuff though lately. Like they've always been making great, mm-hmm. great vehicles, but yeah, I just really, I was, I, I want to have a bike that like in the future, if I'm looking at like, you know, where I'm going to be in five years, I want to have at least at least one trip that like takes right north and does like twice that. You know, I want to do maybe wow. like, a around the world trip or like something really Damn. crazy. So like when I was looking around for a new bike, I was like, I want to have a bike that I can put like a hundred thousand miles on. But and- you want to take the bike with you? Yeah, I'm gonna ride the bike. Well, but I mean, there's oceans, right? So like that's a that's a really hard transportation issue. I'm gonna how do, you do, do that? the first sort of pilot test in August by flying um, my bike to Europe and just taking a month to ride it around there. Damn, and it's it's not that much. Like, when are you going? August. So. That's amazing. You're going to Europe, aren't you? I am. I'm going in nine days. Nice. <laughs> well, when this comes out, it'll be two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'll and be I'm going sitting two days home ago. <laughs> no Britain in my Just life. Kidding. 
<laughs> yeah. You Let's, have this is like not many designers do this. Like, what do you mean? Take time away from work? Not here. Yeah, everyone's like knows the grindstone. Everyone is knows it's true. It sounds like you have not only a more interesting take on life, yeah. but also like free spirit. You're, yeah, you're the fern man. of designers. Just like smoke a lot of drugs and just <laughs> love ferns. Hey, you said hug that. a tree. You know, <laughs> well, no, 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 but just uh, sounds like maybe you're not constrained by sort of the grind of the San you know, Francisco. I've always, I've always really hated that world. stuff. Like uh, when I was job interviewing, especially like with places like Facebook and stuff. Like there's a lot of Kool Aid. There's a lot of like, you know, you get to work with these really amazing rock stars and, you know, you don't even, we have this, we have this gym and there's like a ball pit and, and free restaurants <laughs> and we do your laundry and stuff. And I'm like, that sounds nice. That sounds like, like an adult daycare to me though. Like that's not, what I want to do is like, I want to, I want to do my job when I want to do it. And the rest of the time I just want to like do other stuff because I found the best designers I know and the best artists I know, they like do their thing. And then they just take like do something totally different, and then you just have like a hobby or have a life, or they, they hang with their family. And like Double Twist was the first time I ever got to manage a design team. Like we had a little design team, and I got to experience that thing. Whereas a lot of people want to dedicate their entire lives to this little company and hopes to make it succeed, which is wonderful. But what I don't see in the Bay Area is anyone saying like, you know, what you should really do: go home, like spend some time with your family, hang with your friends, like just take a break, like develop your life in ways that is not work. Because, dude, you're wasting some really great lives doing nothing but just sitting behind a computer designing. And it's awesome. I love design. It's really cool. Just make sure it's not the only thing you're doing because there's so much more out there to do. Like, that's what I did in all my, like, if you're thinking, like, looking at, like, you know, those years in Holland in this, like, podunk little town, that's all I was doing. And I regret it. It's all I did. I was just waking up, computer, going to bed. You're hitting pretty close to home, man. (laughs) It's it's worth like trying to break out of that mold, sure. yeah. And I'm not like condemning like it's like if that's all you want to do, that's totally cool. But like at least try and like step out of your comfort zone, and do something different. Like it's that's this, yeah. <laughs> With this our computers in front weird. of us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's only one computer out here. Yeah, yeah. Yours is closed. You got an iPhone also pointing at your face, and there's another iPhone right there. I'm like, watching that one. This oh. this one's watching that one. That's so weird. I've never <laughs> used Periscope before. It's yeah, kind of no, I like to monitor the comments and see if people have a question. Oh, that's nice. Things like that. Yeah, that's good. One of one of our big goals has been to make people feel like they're connected to the community here just because like we come from Colorado and Minnesota. We felt completely disconnected. Right. I mean, like Podunk Holland, you know, it was awesome to Exactly. That's why Twitter was so awesome. Like, yes. It, it was, so I connected with Jeff over Twitter. He brought me out here three months later and there I There you go. Yeah. And, and it's cool. been like strapping a rocket to myself ever since. And it's like I feel like I've grown so much just by being here. Mm. How can we help other people be, get connected? Totally. Like, little, there's no way I would have met you. Yeah, totally. Things like that. Yeah, likewise. Right? But I'm worried to say that this is the only place in the world where you can have this, right? There Certainly, it's not everyone it's should come easier. to the Bay Area. I think it's, it's easier to meet yeah. people like Sebastian, right? Yeah. Well, well you, you have a strong opinion of uh, European clients, though. <laughs> Mostly Dutch clients. Mostly Dutch. I will not. I will not work for Dutch and Russian clients anymore. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. Care to share? Um, Russian clients have uh, eight, seven out of eight times failed to pay me or argued with me to the point where they there was going to be lawyers involved. Dutch people are, and we have a name for it too. 
So there's a term in Holland for a uh, polder, which means you take a piece of land, you put a dike around it, you put a windmill on it, you pump the water out, and suddenly we're like, oh, it's new land, we can build on it, because we don't have a lot of land, we're a tiny country. And that's called a polder. And there's a, a style of discussion called the polder model, which means the polder model, in which everybody gets a say. So imagine doing a logo for a company, and... Uh, the secretary gets a say, and this guy gets a say, and Jim from accounting gets a say, <laughs> and the CTO gets a say, and the CEO gets a say, and the CEO, everybody gets to have a say. And you get what you get back is like, okay, we compiled the feedback into a 40 page document. Uh, all of it is contradicting, it doesn't work at all, like it's just awful. And I thought, you know, the first couple times I was like, oh, maybe it's a couple flukes, you know, whatever. But I worked with design agencies, like several in Holland, I worked with big companies, it was always a crapshoot, like it was awful. So, I'm like, you know, I love people in Holland, but I'm not going to work for you anymore. Like, it's... Why? Why do you think that is? Um, it's it's a weird thing. It's a Dutch cultural thing, I feel like. We're, well, I've heard that from, people. like, a bunch of French designers, too, especially. This is it just, like, European clients are kind of a pain to work for, and I don't understand... Tim was saying something similar. Yeah, yeah Tim yeah. was saying it. Jean-Marc said it. Christophe. They, they all wanted to come on here and do a complain about European clients episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true, because it's just, it's, it is a pain in the ass. I don't know why. I think Americans are more comfortable with being like, I'm going to pay you for your service. You are a designer. So you tell me what to do. And that's, that's a great thing. Like that's, that's exactly what you should be doing. If you're going to hire a designer, you're not going to be like, Hey, uh, we like design, but my nephew drew this thing on a wall and I kind of like the shape of it. You know, like that's kind of like, I've run into that a few times. You, you run into it, but dude, you have no idea how, like how consistent it is. <laughs> like, it's like, man, these like nephews are drawing a lot of walls over there. A lot of nephews in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. It's just, I think it's just a cultural thing where it's, yeah, people just, yeah, dude, they feel different about it. Damn socialists. It's like everybody can be a designer. <laughs> and so happy and stuff. <laughs> With their free healthcare and everything. <laughs> Me Sounds sick. terrible. <laughs> Disgusting. The, the free healthcare makes you sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you do UI design, mm-hmm. you do visual. How do you refer to yourself stuff. as? A yeah, what do you call? Let's yourself? keep that real short. I know you don't want to talk about that too much. Well, I'm happy to talk titles. about it, but like, uh, I just, I just say like designer. And if people can't tell the difference between like a designer or someone who just paints on a veneer on a piece of software, then that's their problem. Like, I don't I care. Think like, that, that's roughly a tweet I saw earlier today. Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly <laughs> what I said in that tweet. I, my yeah. favorite was John Mark's answer, which is like, those people should stop writing blog posts and start doing more work. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes sense. Like, because yeah. I'm probably they're probably comfortable in doing what they are doing. Um, and I think in, as an industry, you have an issue with labels. Yes, I think in general in society, we have an issue with labels. I think yeah. there's a lot of that going. We need on to nowadays. define things well maybe not even just defining things but just being happy to understand that a label can mean a lot of different things and that we'll never be able to quite accurately fit everything into one Jean-Marc label. Denis in, in the Periscope <laughs> he's <like>, boom <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my homie yes. Jean-Marc <laughs> Jean-Marc yeah hate, hate on those Europeans um, but that was the best timing for him to show up <laughs> that was great but uh yeah it's 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 you know it's it's really difficult and i'm not gonna like be like you know ux designers suck because ux doesn't exist but i feel like we're have we have a lot of vague and misunderstood labels in the industry and uh if i think it's up to us as designers to clear that up when we get hired 
Like if a client comes to me and they're like, hey, can you design our product? I'm like, yes, I can design your product. And they're like, cool, does that mean just a visual thing? I'm like, no, we're going to start from scratch and design everything about it from where things go and how things are laid out to like what the entire information architecture is to the way it looks and stuff. Because I don't think you can divorce those two things. And yep. there's different schools of thought on that. And that's okay. Right. And I'm totally fine with that. But that's the way I do things. And uh, just like curtailing, like completely... Uh, limiting yourself to one label and that seems, you know, disingenuous in such a dynamic industry that we're in. You know, just, mm. I think B&B people should just go back to calling themselves just designers. That's Bryn's. I love that. <laughs> Bryn loves I've been this, yes. so, like, demanding. When I started this new company, um, which you had talked to, it's called Sidewire, um, they were like, well, what do you want your title to be? And I was like, designer. Right. That's it. That makes like, well, sense. do you want to be design lead? Because you're going to, like, Hire people and do this. I'm like, no, Des- designer. Designer's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to solve clean. problems. And they're like, well, what does that mean? I I just want to solve problems. Like yeah. that that is it. Just finding solutions and building them. And the best part is like, if someone's going to mistake this for like, oh, so you just like make stuff look good, you can be yeah. like, actually, now I also like make sure it works well. Wow, that was hard. Yeah, like that's you, it. You can't divorce the data architecture from. You can't, yeah. What you see on the client, it right. has to be tied together directly. It can't be like totally different models or anything. It makes no sense. Yeah. 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 And sure, you know, if you get to a sufficiently complex product, uh, and you see this in a lot of big companies, you get people who focus more on the interaction side of things and people who focus more on the visual side of things. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. Like, we should not say that that cannot exist. in gaps in expertise. Yeah. But exactly. that's not saying that the other person can't do the one thing or they can't just solve the problem. Right. Right. There's just different methods and people can specialize. Yeah, sure. Totally. And yeah, I, th- I like the filling in the gaps phrase. That's a well, good like, thing. That's about. what I'm hiring to do. Right. You know, like th- those are the people I'm looking for. Like, okay, I've identified a hole in my skill set. I want to find a person that will fill that directly sure. or a certain combination of holes because there's a lot of them. I want to just find those people to fill that in. Right. You know, right. but that, <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm just going to like, put a pretty coat of paint on things. That's not how that works. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same thing where like, you know, with almost anything in life, if you have a diverse set of interests, you know, like what are you going to call yourself? You know, like, Oh, look, still it's a human being. Yeah. Still does. You know, it's like, you know, it's fine to be vague about that. You're just a person with a set of interests and a set of expertises. And we should recognize each other in that. And we should hire for that. And once you individually, weigh those things is when you get a good you know idea of what that is at this point we're in such a our industry is changing so fast right now it's crazy yeah, yeah. it's it's i feel it's like we're, we're simultaneously getting more of a decision making seat at the table quote unquote and there's also a set that is like oh no engineers are what we really need mm. you're not really an engineer because right. because you work in photoshop so right. we'll just have you do the paint stuff. Right, right. It's it's weird the way it goes in like two directions at once. But yeah, but then again, like that's you know that's our job to mis misprove that to say that we can yeah. we can do more than that. It's like um, sometimes people people are really upset with their clients not being able to see like, and then like my client suggested that we just use this one like you know off the shelf font for stuff, and I'm like it's like yeah, but it's your job as a designer to show them that you shouldn't do that because you have the these like sensibilities, you have this expertise. <laughs> your job is to like relate to people and be able to see like hey, like I'm going to show you visually now that this is a better idea. Yep. Just like we can show people like 
hey, you know what? I don't just do a coat of paint. Look, this is what I did. And my job is this. I made this product the way it is. Like, not just the way it looks, but also the way it works. And there's a really easy way to do that. And it's called user testing. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> making the product and like showing your process behind it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think a big part of that is like, we've seen a lot of like people complain about this on Twitter today. There's a lot of people writing about like, you know, what is and what isn't and theoretically like splitting hairs about design. And the best way to actually talk about design is to make a case study and to show like, this is what my field is and this is what I did. And like, I'm planning to do this with um, Nihilus, which I work for right now, uh, just to give like a big old shameless plug for myself in there. You know, once we come out with this email client, I'm going to show people like, hey, this is how the process went. This is how different people of the team came in. This is how we collaborated. And this is how designing something like this goes. That's that helps people define what design is. I, feel I think like. we need more blog posts like that. I think the other one that stands out to me really clearly is uh, the one Stammy did for uh, when they did Twitter, Twitter video. video. Yeah, it's excellent. That blog post was so great because Perfect it showed stuff. exactly that process, right? Like, right. it wasn't this doesn't look good. He said, Oh, this doesn't feel right. This, it, this interaction doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. as I slide my finger across the screen, I love that post because it, it, it shows Making you sense feels just. Dis- Distinctly different than this feels wrong. Like that's one of those things that yeah. stands out. Is people are like, oh, you're a designer, you're touchy feely. If you say feels, it's like, okay, you're an artist now. Okay, let's, let's get you a cat in a beret. I don't know if I. You're an artist. I get the perception. I think that there is sort of a, a feeling, but you could be more specific in like breaking down what that feeling is caused by. Right. Right. This doesn't feel right because of this. This. I don't know. Attaching it to data is really useful. Attaching what? Attaching a feeling to data. Giving a good reason behind it is particularly useful. I can't tell if you're it's, being It's like there's numbers in design or something. Wow, that's such a weird concept. Tell me more. <laughs> Sorry, we cut you off. <laughs> that's great. You guys are... You we, guys went, are uh, we went deep into our issues for a minute. You guys are going, going good. Yeah. <laughs> we almost had to have a therapy I, session. I sent, yeah, I sent some... Uh, Kevin Rose offered to pull up some therapy couches yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So how does this make you feel about you know, like how you were raised and your relationship with your father? I believe that there's a good no reason for everything. Just goes into it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. There's logic behind design, and I, I don't I, think anyone's disagreeing. I dislike when people make it a thing about feelings and pretty and. It's also a thing bad. about feelings. It's also subjective. There's also art in design. There's also parts of it that are purely artistic, and that's true. And that's how you end up with green felt and stitched leather. I get it. That's how you end up with every good logo too. Because you get you get to the point where it's something emotional, and you know you love it or hate it, and it's just yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It's polarizing. Good design can be polarizing. Damn, that was good, man. Like that. <laughs> Some of the things like that's one of the things why you, you when you do like logo design, you get much more on that side because it's it's weird, you know. Like your client doesn't know what you want. Like I just recently finished one piece of branding, and like my client was like. I asked for this, but it's not what I want. I'm like, yeah, that was my mistake because I went for like trying to please what my client thought he wanted, but you want to get something that's really weird and like intangible. Like, you know, there's 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 an aspect of it that is totally different because we're in this really weird art, right? Is that we're the like, Saul Bass right, method? <laughs> right between, like, we're right between computers and art, right? We're like in the data yeah. and like the subjective and we have to like marry those two things and there's parts of it we can, which can be defined by numbers and testing and like logic and like empirical data and there's this part which is just underbelly feelings and it's so hard to reconcile that and wow. it sucks. It's so hard to do yeah. that. We are in the hardest part of design pretty much in that sense. Like on that spectrum, Bryn, you'd say you fall purely on the numbers side. 
For the most part. I okay. like to justify everything with data. Got it. Okay. I wouldn't say that's what everything is usually based on. I mean... Sure. I don't... Yeah. And then you're maybe a little bit more on the middle ground of there's there is a subjective yeah and it depends on the kind of job you're on you know too like sometimes like also branding seems maybe a bit different than like a yeah but like you know if i do like illustrations and stuff like some of the stuff i work on now right now has illustration and ui stuff and you're like it's it's a really weird thing where you have to do like kind of reconcile those two things like it has to be the optimum amount of emotion or something it's like what is that (laughs) you know it's like beep boop i'm a robot boop you know it's like it's really weird you you gotta like quantify that stuff it's really odd sad robot (laughs) robot beep beep beep, i like ferns beep yeah Uh, <laughs> um, and titles. <laughs> <laughs> got him in. Got him in. Uh, yeah, that's that's hard. It's it's really hard to reconcile that. Um, I do want to say though, the funniest thing about that Stammy video to go uh, video to the to the post, video post. Twitter video is not once did anyone say like, I'm not sure if this is UX or UI design. You know, like nobody's talking about labels there. It doesn't They're matter just designing, anymore. Right? It's just the design process. And nobody's arguing about like what it belongs to, except maybe if you go on Reddit and a bunch of fourteen-year-olds are arguing about this should be in web design or graphic design. <laughs> but, but you totally did, Sarah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you girl from Alaska. Oh, oh. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're running up against time. Anything All you'd right. like to plug? No, not really. Honestly. Check out. Uh, Do you want people to tweet at you? Do you want people to email you? Do you want people to ask you out for coffee? Yeah, sure. I mean, almost done for coffee. If you want to, you want to take a ride. Get that SDW latte art. Get that latte art. Uh, tweet <laughs> tweet s s at SDW or give me a PM on Reddit, uh, Californ. If you want to, if you want to talk, you can uh, find my work on pictogram.agency. What a cool TLD that is. Yeah. Can we just talk about how cool that is? You can have like. Brin.cool now. I I would not. I was about two seconds from buying Brin.money and setting it up with my cash tag. Oh shit, that's so cool. See, I'm I'm just talking. Like, that's. I I was like, should I get Brin.cash or Brin.money? And I couldn't decide, so I didn't do either. Mm. Mm. Get both. The decision. Should get both. Paradox. Board once again. But yeah, (laughs) we had a we had a sponsor for domain names, and for one of our ad reads, all we did was read out possible Levin. Like Levin dot Republican BLB. <laughs> Levin dot Guru. Levin dot Dating. Levin dot Moto. Mm. It's a thing now. It's a thing now. I keep trying to make up like something that I can make like a dot. I'm gonna go buy that on Hover. Brag driven. <laughs> wow, free sponsor slot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> buy it on Hover. None of the other domain registers, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's the best one. Cool, man. Well, we'll send people your way. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm always open to questions. If anyone wants to tell me anything, I'm so lonely. Please, I want to just want to talk. <laughs> talk to me on the internet. Talk to me about ferns. <laughs> now, now we can take some time, eat some some cheese. Cheese. Yes. That sounds it's good. Been staring me in the eye. Excellent. And that was episode 26 with Sebastian DeWith. We hope you enjoyed it. Give us a shout. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe uh, in your favorite podcast listener. iTunes helps us move up the ratings. So if you want to subscribe there or leave us a review, don't subscribe there just because it like that's not your favorite listener. Okay, but go subscribe okay. there to support yep. us. Yep. But, you can ignore them, but they'll show but, up. They won't even but, push you but, a notification. But, It'll be great. But, 
but it'll just download but, onto your computer and fill but, up your hard drive and make it really like bloated just for you. You'll wonder where all that stuff came from two times a week. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a heavy load on your, it's a heavy burden on your hard drive. But if you leave but, us a review on the iTunes store, it's super helpful. Helps us grow. Helps us reach new people. So check and us if out. you have like concerns about how we're doing things, or you have constructive criticism, put it in a review. It tells other people what to expect. It it helps us get better. We read those all the time. I I check it at least once a day. I check it when I first wake up. So if you leave a bad review, you're going to start my day in a bad mood. If you leave a good review, you're going to start my day in a good mood. But it also gives you more than 140 characters to tell us how you feel. It's really, really handy. If if you want to send us something privately, you can DM us at Design Details FM. We have public DMs open. You can just hit us up. We don't care about that email shit. We don't need that. We don't need that in our lives. But seriously, thank you so much to IconFinder.com. They make this show possible. If you haven't heard their ad before, you can find icons there. They are the best resource for icons. I don't know how I can say it more clearly. You go there, you search for any icon you might need for any project you're working on, and there's they're over give you half a million of them. More than half a million icons. Any style. You're going to have outlined icons, glyph icons. You're going to have different dimensions and styles and artistic interpretations of your icons. And you can grab them all under this amazing monthly subscription called Icon Finder Pro. Use the promo code ROBOT and you'll save 50% off your first month. That tells them that we sent you and it just makes this whole thing uh, worth it for them and uh, helps the show keep going on. So check them out at IconFinder.com. Got to keep growing. Our second sponsor is once again Layers Conference, put on by Jesse Char, Elaine Powell, over the WWC week, uh, June 8th through 10th. It's a three-day uh, conference. It's about learning and snacks. That's all you really need to know. It's here in San Francisco. You can come meet us. We're probably going to be hanging around in that little area. So we'll be there. We'll bump into you. Um, go check it out. Buy a ticket. When you check out, use the, the code Design Details to save $50 off. It's only like a week or two away, so hurry up, go get that stuff. And that's at bringyourlayers.com. Bringyourlayers.com. Thanks once again to Layers Conference. We'll see you Wednesday with Cap Watkins and Kim Bost.